Welcome to another episode of For What It's Worth. Me, Sammy, today running the show, and I've got Nuka here with me. Howdy. How you doing, Nuka? Not too bad, not too bad. How about yourself, Sammy? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm getting through another week. So you know how last time we all talked about how you guys had COVID, and I was all proud of myself because I hadn't gotten COVID. You definitely weren't setting up for any sort of ironic uh, events to happen. No, I mean, talk about irony. Literally, the next day, I got sick. I had COVID. And most likely gave Rue and his partner COVID because they got it too. Yay. So It's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it sucks. And oh my God, that was like the worst week of my was it that Was it that I bad? Swear. Yeah. I got so sick. I was like, oh, I'll have a week off. I'll probably be over it in a couple of days and I can do other stuff while I'm home on quarantine. Nah, that whole week, I probably didn't get feeling better till Were you vaxxed and or boosted? So or... I got sick this Sunday. I've yeah, had And, and all it's still three. nasty. It still kicks. I've yeah. had three. Oh, yeah. It kicked my butt. So, yeah, so I had that. Monday I started my new class for my A-plus certification for desktop technician support If stuff. you get any grade so, but A-plus in this course, I will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's called A-plus. I don't, probably won't get an A-plus. I'm, I'm one of those where as long Please as I get pass, degrees. I'm happy. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. As long as I get it at the end of the day, I don't care what that grade is. What about you, Nuka? It's, so it's been a couple weeks since we talked. So what <laughs> I you feel like a broken to? record. So I think a few weeks ago I was mentioning that, hey, I'm playing Dark Souls. And then last time it's, hey, I moved on to, to Dark Souls 2. And now my news is, hey, I've moved on to Dark Souls 3. I've, uh, I've been playing them again, <laughs> uh, not just because they're my favorite series, but also because Elden Ring is coming out in the next few weeks. And I'm definitely on board for that. So I guess I'm I'm sharpening my Dark Souls skills in anticipation of getting my ass kicked. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to at least kind of prepare yourself yeah. a little bit. I've never played Dark Souls, but everyone I know who's played it is like, dude, this is the hardest game ever. Like, it's the worst, but everybody loves it. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it gets this reputation of being like, oh, it's so brutally hard. I think I think it's a, a tough game, but I think it's... It just sort of, it, it's a matter of readjusting your expectations for like, oh, you shouldn't expect to walk into a boss and be able to beat it the first try. Set your expectation that a boss fight should feel like a boss fight. I got you. Okay, okay. Anything else other than Dark Souls? <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually do things besides Dark Souls. Oh, wow. I'm actually working on, uh, I might have mentioned this in a previous uh, episode, I'm putting together a furry book this summer, my colleagues and I are writing one, and so this involves going back and uh, reviewing like 12 years of research that we've done on furries, compiling everything into one book that's going to be like the definitive tome of 12 years of research on furries, and so I have to go back through uh, my list of 43 studies that we've done. I didn't realize they'd piled up that many, but 43 studies, and I have to go through them one by one 
reanalyze the data, pull out everything, make one giant spreadsheet with literally five or 6,000 different analyses all in one place. Yeah. So when we go to write the book, you know, here's all the statistics we need for the book. And then we have to take all the statistics and dumb it down and make it user friendly <laughs> so that the book isn't just a book of numbers for people. So, yeah. so, so someone like me can understand what it's saying. Yeah. Cause I don't, I'm like, I don't do brainy stuff. That's, yeah. but that's awesome. I mean, and you've been doing this for, and it's not like you do one survey a year, you're doing multiple in a year. So yeah, at, at minimum two, and we've done upwards of four or five some Jeez. years. So yeah, wow. we, uh, we keep busy. That's awesome. I will definitely grab one of those when it comes out. Sounds like it's going to be a lot. I'm looking so, forward to it. Yeah. Well, as everybody's heard, we have no Rue with us today. Unfortunately. Uh, Unfortunately, fortunately, I mean, it depends on, I guess, how you look at it. But he, as always, has sent us a lovely cookie, so we will play that for everybody. Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker. Cookies, cookies, I like cookies. Cookies, cookies, eat them up, yum. One cookie, two cookie, three cookie, four. Oh, oh, oh. Hi, everybody. What brings you here? Oh, oh, um, you didn't see anything, okay? All right, so here it is. Curiosity kills boredom. Nothing can kill curiosity. In bed with a cookie. Cookies, cookies, one, two, three. Cookies, cookies for you and me. Now get out of here. back today we've got a couple of guests with us i think we've got a pretty fun topic to speak about one i don't think has really been covered before by this podcast or maybe other furry podcasts i'm not sure but we are going to be talking about plushies today and we've got a couple of guests with us we've got sideways hello and we've got reese hi <laughs> So we'll start with um with you sideways. You um are also known as Plush Army uh for the fursuit maker. But tell us a little bit about yourself sideways. Yeah, I'm uh, free from almost 15 years now. I'm from uh, near Montreal and I start making suit last year because I lost my job with the pandemic, so I start a new hobby. That's a great way to turn a hobby into a bit of a career. Paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, I discover I have uh, some skill to do that, and I got help to uh, start making the company and yeah, all that. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Um, how about yourself, Reese? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, hey, everybody. So I'm Princess Reese. I've been active in the fandom for around, I would say, five years now, but I've sort of been on the periphery of it and aware of it for, gosh, like about 20 years now, which is kind of insane. Uh, where does the time go? But um, yeah, I sort of found the fandom because I had an interest in uh, suit performance and mascots specifically. And um, I remember I would go to like Disneyland as I was a kid. I grew up in the S Southern California region. So um, frequent day trips would be to, be to places like Disneyland. And I would see characters like Pluto and Chip and Dale and everything like that. And I'd always feel sort of funny around them is the best way I could describe it. So I became interested in mascots and that sort of work. And when I was in college, I had the opportunity to perform as my college mascot. That was tons of fun. And it moved on to uh, professionally, I've done mascot work and costume character work for places like Disney. It started with that. I knew sort of about the fandom when I was looking up mascot stuff, I sort of accidentally stumbled on furry things. I realized that this was definitely a hobby that I shared. I sort of thought back to um, when I was a kid, I always loved Disney stuff. And then if you remember, I've either of you read the Redwall fantasy books um, that Brian Jacques wrote a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what I watched the cartoon more than read them, but you know, yeah, um, I loved those books when I was a kid, and I just sort of started to put dots together. I'm like, I really seem to have a thing for these uh, anthro characters and anthro stories, and uh, everything just sort of grew naturally from there. When we say plushies, to both of you, and Nuka, you can also answer this as well if you want, but what what does plushies mean to you? Is it just, you know, the the plushies that we buy? Is it more of a, you know idea of things that are soft and cuddly or um you know specific suits in this sense or you know what what does it mean to you guys just to just add some context to this I'll, I'll point out that up to about a year ago i've been in this fandom for like 10 or well officially in the fandom for like 10 or 12 years now and for me when i hear plushies i think stuffed animals right i, I have a collection of stuffed my little pony characters so for to me up until the last year when I heard plushies, I just assumed stuff animals. And it's only like the last year that I'm like, oh, apparently the term means other stuff to other people. So I guess I'm curious to see what your take on the term is. What does it mean to you when you hear that term? But for me, it's more about the costume and then the, the, the plush animal. But it's more like... Um, for me, it's like the, the ultimate uh, fursuit you can have. It's like the cutest one you can have and the most comfortable. But that's it, just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we all had, you know, imaginary friends, toys and everything like that as when we were all kids. And I mean, for me, I guess the whole plushy thing just sort of brings me back into that in a sort of nostalgic sense to like back then when I was a bit more innocent. And, um, you know, I had a, probably my favorite plush stuffed animal was I had a Lion King plush of Simba because um, I was a little kid when that movie was new. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I remember I would cuddle with that to sleep at night. And I guess just plushies have always brought a sense of comfort to me. Uh, the term, I guess it would be kind of broad. I mean, 
yes, when I hear plushies, I think of stuffed animals, cute critters and things like that. But, you know, plush as a whole broader term is what brings in the other things for me, like plush suits or uh, other more adult aspects or things like that. But when I hear the term, yeah, plushophilia, you know, things like that. Um, But when I hear the term plushy, my mind tends to jump towards, you know, stuffed animals, you know, things like that. Yeah. I remember when I'm young, I have a plushie of a a little Pikachu and I can go anywhere without it. Just like my little friend. And yeah, yeah. God, I'm feeling that, that age generation difference. For me, I had an elf. I had a plush elf. I don't even know if people today know what elf oh, is. Oh, yeah. I know I know. I mean, we, elf. we know what elf is. I, I yeah. never watch it, but I know it. Yeah. I definitely yeah. had a plush elf, that. and that was one of the first ones I remember. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I'm the same generation. So I We're all millennials here, so <laughs> it's all good. So I'm going to read an email. We did get a few emails in um, that kind of goes along with this, kind of what you think of when people say the word plushy. So this one is from Moss. It says, hey there, for what it's worth. I don't have a whole lot of time to write a long email to you all, but I thought I'd write as someone that sometimes makes plushies. So just for a curious one, what do you all call them? Uh, For the longest time growing up, they were just called Beanie Babies, even if they weren't actual Beanie Babies. Either that or they were just stuffed animals, even if they weren't based off of an animal. I also got into making plushies in high school and kind of fell in and out of it. Most plushies I make go for an old-fashioned or Caroline-inspired look with the buttons. I've mainly used fleece or minky fabrics for my plushies and haven't really delved into using faux fur. Plushies are great because it's like a little cuddle buddy that you can hug and bring calm and comfort. My favorite plushie I had growing up was my Winnie the Pooh plush that my aunt got me on a trip to Disneyland and I still have him somewhere. Moving kind of messed that up. But yeah, plushies are great. What are your faves? What is your favorite thing about plushies is there anything in particular that drew you into plushies or is it just more of a nostalgia kind of thing we talked about this a little bit earlier but like having that friend that's always willing to listen to you a sort of sense of like unconditional love and comfort i mean you have this plush thing that you can physically touch and cuddle and talk to and i mean like obviously if it's talking back then there might be something else going on i mean for me it's they've always been a source of comfort and uh, release in that way. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. I I can sleep without one because it's like a, a little teddy bear you can squeeze. I've got a, a big corgi plush that I... I yeah. have that I sleep with mm. every night. Gotta love corgis. Yeah, yeah. well, I, yeah. I have... It's exactly what the the one I have too. Yeah, yeah, it's a big squishy one. I also find it comfortable if I lay on my side, my chest hurts, so it's nice to have it kind of like props up my arm. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> What's well, it's funny you mentioned the comfort thing too because one of the things I noticed for myself, I got this giant like three thousand dollar plushie collection, and for me as an adult, my my interest in, in plushies is very different from as a kid. As an adult, I like the collector part of it, but as a kid, I moved around a lot. I definitely feel that that comfort thing not necessarily because i'm like oh i'm lonely and i want to hug a plushie but more so it was always like a familiarity to me no matter where i moved as long as my bed had my plushies on it that was home right so it brings that sense of comfort that sums it up very well yes nuka do you want to read the email from ashton Ashton. Uh, hey y'all so plushies i think most if not all of us love plushies for one reason or another personally i like having something to cuddle 
having a soft friend to hug when you're trying to sleep or when you need a level of comfort is really nice. And as crazy as this sounds, they can keep you company when you're lonely. Although you'll be thought insane. Must be why people look at me in an odd way. Currently, I have a circle body pillow to cuddle with, but I'm looking at getting a giant plush wolf to cuddle. It can also be a connection to one's childhood. They can lead to pleasant memories of when I was a kid. I remember having a bear that was over twice my size when I was a child. Me and my siblings would fight over who got to lay on him because he was so big and cuddly and warm in the winter. But whatever the reason one has, they are arguably easy to love. Your neighborhood circle, Ashton. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it raises an interesting question. Like, does a body pillow count as a plushie? Does it not? Is it something different? Uh, and again, I, I'm, I consider myself a novel, novice to this stuff, so I don't know what you guys Technically, think. Technically, use the same material. Yeah, I would say it's in the same family <laughs> at the very least. I mean, it's particularly like if you have something like an, an animal print or some other thing on it. I mean, it's something to cuddle and provide comfort. It's soft. I'm not going to be a gatekeeper and say, no, duckies aren't plushies. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I would say they're absolutely related. I mean, some friends of mine, uh, when I lived in the Bay Area, would host a ducky party every once in a while. And it was very explicit on the list. Be like, bring things like dockies, of course, but also stuffed animals and wear stuff like Kigurumi and things like that. So I'd absolutely say at the very least, it's in the same family. Would what would what would separate our interest in plushies from the average person? You know, who maybe like plushies, or is is it the fact that we um spend way more money on a plush than maybe someone would just be like, I'm just gonna go down to Target and buy a a bear because I just want a bear? Is is that something that manifests from something else, or is it just because we just like it more? That's a good question. I don't know because I I still go to like uh, Costco co to buy a bear because I want it and I use it like uh, a beanie bag because it's for me for the like a gaming room it's more uh, decoration it's more uh, beautiful having a giant bear for a seat than the just a normal seat. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, totally. I guess for me, it's sort of, you know, how we say that, you know, we all have these love for, you know, our plushies and cuddle them and things like that. For me, I would just say that I personally love being a source of that same kind of energy. And so for me, with things like plush suiting, it's like I get a chance to become an actual living plushie for people. And I know a lot of people have fantasies about if my teddy bear were alive and, you know, I could be my friend. And it's just like, I always had fantasies to be like, I wish I could be that teddy bear. I guess for me, it's just more of like a personal thing. It's just like, I like also being the object that people can find comfort in and provide it for other people. We are like Ted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be Ted. Yeah. In my case, literally, thanks to uh, Sideways here. <laughs> exactly. This question was given to me and i thought it was interesting reaching on to another side of things is some people think it's more of like a cub related thing we want to be littles and have it be more of the the child side you know you don't have to answer maybe personally for you if you don't feel comfortable but you know is it can it be more of a cub related thing no you can all a uh, lot of people think like that but I'm not agree with that because everybody love uh, love plushies. I don't know any 
person he got, he don't have at least one plush at his house somewhere. So you can say you ate plushy or it's related to cub. I would say that there's definitely some crossover with that space, with the whole sort of ABDL community, with the whole cubby community. When it comes to me plush suiting, some of the most fun times I've had as a plush have been were cubs who are sort of in that headspace. But I wouldn't say that it lives exclusively in that headspace. I would say that it can definitely be incorporated into that community, but I don't think that they are one in the same thing. I agree with that because I have a plush suit as well. And I, I'm i not a cub. I'm not a part of the cub scene. I can definitely see the crossover there, but it's not a... I wouldn't see it as, well, if you like plushies that much, you're probably a cub. I don't see that. Neither necessary nor sufficient. To be exactly. Yes. Yeah. But exactly. it's one of those where you do have the crossover just because of what it is. Exactly. I'm sort of a perfect example of someone who's kind of a, I guess I would be a counter example to that because for me, most of my plushie collection is a byproduct of my being a brony, right? I have, I have this huge plushie collection just because I wanted to get a plushie of each of the characters in the show that I really liked. So to me, it's the, it's the collector elements. Yeah, it's like people collecting Funko Pop and things like yeah, that. Except they're much cuter than Funko Pops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I agree with that. But you collect the what you like. Yeah. 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 You say that and I'm like, I have a whole wall of Funko Pops. But then I also I also have a wall of of like Kickstarter plushies that I'm yeah. like, mm, what do I do? <laughs> I need to break myself to not buy Funko oh, Pop because that's so hard. Yeah. When you start, it's hard to stop. Well it's entirely an aesthetic preference. <laughs> yeah. So I just buy the the one I really like and that's it. But one thing I think it's, it's, it's very different between like, okay, those who like it for like the, either the cub part of it or just like the, the familiarity versus the collector parts. I can look back at the, the, the plushes that I had as a kid and they're old and they're ratty and some of them were kind of cheap and low quality and whatever. And, and I can see how there, there's a certain charm to that, right? Like, you know, the, the beat up old stuff, dirty plush that has all these, this fondness for you. Or even, you know, uh, a brand new one, but it's kind of derpy and, and lopsided, but there's an appeal to that. Versus for me, like, I want a pristine, high-quality $300 plush. I want it to look, you know, like, show realistic and put it on a shelf and not not let anything, you know, dust it, make sure nothing bad happens to it, right? You know, oh, I can't squeeze it too hard because something might happen to it. So I think it's very different from other folks for whom the, the attachment is very different. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely got that range of what we buy each thing for yeah it's the same i've got my kickstarter run corgi plushes that are on a shelf and that is where they stay but then i've got the plushies that i have out on the sofa i have in the bed they're meant for cuddling yeah <laughs> they're gonna get dirty they're gonna get a seam popped or something and it's fine you drool on it when you fall asleep on it <laughs> exactly i'm gonna say i i I mean, like, we definitely have a plushy corner here um, at our place. Me and my partner, uh, definitely, there's the plushes are just sort of all over. Like, there's the main corner, but then there's the plushes that live downstairs, and then there's the plushes that live on the bed, and so on and so forth. With that, I think we are going to take a quick break. We will be back in a few to continue our discussion. Hello, everybody. 
this is Rue, your editor. That's right. It's been me all along. Isn't this great? Oh, and Sammy. Sammy's here. Say hello, Sammy. Hello, Sammy. Yay, we've been editing the show. I hope that you've been enjoying it. And once again, this is your lovely ident. This has been Rue and Sammy. And you've been listening to For What It's Worth. concern you Sammy I don't know if I'm I'm having some problems with my brain but it's where I, I hear music like some kind of song do you, do you oh that? yeah I think yeah, so normally I hear screaming but it's this beautiful song but yeah. it's actually a pretty nice little melody I don't know I guess it's just Rue screaming I hear all the time instead yeah well that's uh that song uh, of course, means that uh, we are here to worship our lovely Patreons, the folks that uh, keep the lights on, figuratively speaking, here at For What It's Worth. If you're interested in being a Patreon for yourself, you can go to patreon.com slash fwiw. You can join the ranks of these lovely folks, folks like Sly, Ashton Circle, Jarl, the Spirit Wolf, Bear Luno, GW, some asshole named Nuka, Koru, Bubble Whip, Adelora Solfair, Hoss, Chapagriff, Aussie K, Black Baldrick, Ligris, Kit, The Chica Wokami, Simone Parker, Guardian Lion, Rifka Fox, and Harlan Fox. Thank you all very much. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Also, Nuka, we keep making you read the Patreon list and you just read your own name every time. <laughs> it's I, I don't know why, it just makes me chuckle. You know, I, I pay for the Patreon just so that I can have the privilege of talking about myself. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I'm it's a shameless just, self-promoter. It's just, you know, it's pat on your own back kind of thing. I gotcha. I am pretty awesome. All right. Well, I guess, you know, we'll stop talking about you for a minute. And, if you we know, have to. We, we've still got a whole another half of a show to do. Let's get back into our topic. We've talked a little bit about why... We love our plushies, other than the fact that they're just perfect. We are going to step into plush fursonas and specifically plush fursuits. So this email is from Kit. It says, hello to the cast of For What It's Worth and to its guests. This is Kit. I thought that I would chime in on the topic of plushies. My fursona is a living plushie. A lot of people assume that I'm a plush because I'm a plushophile. I don't have a sexual attraction to plushies. I don't have a romantic attraction to plushies either. Simply put, I like plushies enough to be one. Even though I do like plushies, I am picky about the kinds that I buy for myself. I'm really big on what quality fur it has and the size that it is. 
I tend to go to Build-A-Bear plushies for the fur or Wild Republic if I want something that is massive. Do any of you have preferences on plushies? What are your overall thoughts on plushophilia? Thank you for your time, and I hope that you are well. Stuffed with love and cookies, Kit. I just thought it was interesting that he was saying the he just likes the plushies, and that's what brought about the plush persona. Although I have to, I have to say, just as a, as a counterpoint, uh, when mentioning preferences, uh, it's funny how how much aesthetics change or how much aesthetics differ from person to person. Because for me. As, as a collector of My Little Pony plushies and stuff, I actually am not a fan of the Build-A-Bear plushies. I will usually go to other places beside the Build-A-Bear one, Build ones just because they're a little off model from the show. And so for me, that that like rubs me the wrong way. I can definitely see why people would like Build-A-Bear, but it's just, it's it's funny how for some folks, Build-A-Bear is like awesome. And for other folks like me, I'm like, nah, not, not my jam. I'll, I'll tell you all a secret. I've never been to Build-A-Bear. <laughs> Gasp. I know. That's wild. But... I don't know what the other. I don't know what the guests think about Build a Bear. Yeah, what do you particular. guys think of Build a Bear? Since we're on the topic, I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! They're not in. Uh, are they not in Quebec? I don't know. I was to say, Nuka, you would know. Yeah, I would know. I'm from a different part of Canada originally, so I knew about Bear, Build a Bear there. I've been um, living in Quebec for a short amount of time, so I didn't know if they had him here. Essentially, okay. Build a Bear. I don't know if you guys want to explain or if you want me to. Go for it, Nuka. You're there. Yeah, go for it. So the, the, the gist of it is you 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 show up in the store and they have a bunch of different like uh, templates for for plushies. So like if I want to go in and get a, a My Little Pony character right from the show, you essentially buy the the, the body, I guess you would the, say, and you the skin, the skin, <laughs> and then you, you you actually stuff it. And they have options available to you, so you can get little accessories for it. You can stuff it as much as you want to stuff it, and. Uh, you have little options and stuff available. And what I will give them credit for is you can get a, a fairly good plushie for a fairly good price. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, too, is so you choose the plush. Well, yeah, the, the whatever it the is. Skin, They'll the fill flesh. it. And then you can also you can have them put like sound boxes in it if you want. Um, or you can do like a lot of people I know do like personal recordings in the sound boxes but then i know what a lot of people like is the outfits mm -hmm. because they've got a whole range of accessories and of outfits. accessories and outfits that yeah, you that, can buy that, to put on them that sounds really cool but yeah i never see that place uh, yeah. yeah yeah i mean i've i've been in a couple of them i've never actually purchased a plush okay. from build a bear but I have seen their whole little process play out and I do have friends that have Build-A-Bear plushies. And I mean, I think it's a really cool business and I like their whole, you know, model and shtick. So I think yeah. it's really cool. I just haven't taken the financial plunge with them ever. Mm. So, Well, maybe, maybe the next time I see a Build-A-Bear, I'll actually go in and, and get something. <laughs> but we'll circle back around and let's talk about fursonas and fursuits so as some folks know i have a plush fursona and a plush fursuit his name is puck he's a platypus and he's very big and very squishy and i love him to death but let's talk to reese and sideways so sideways you make the fursuits yeah um let's kind of talk on that for a little bit right now um when you have a plush suit, 
I'm assuming the creation process is quite a bit different than a regular fursuit. Uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot complex because you need to make giant body and fill it with polyfill and you need to like mine it's lined so it's a, just a one piece suit so you need to think how to make the, the exterior but you need to be, think about the entire too so it's a long process but yeah mm. It's, it's definitely known to be a lot more difficult than a traditional fursuit build. And there's also different methods to achieve yeah, the kind of padding that you're looking for. Um, for example, I know Fred's method is to have a sort of lined plush with a chamber that you sort of stuff with polyfill accordingly. Um, and that gives it a really soft and squishy and large size. And I mean, I know other makers... Um, for example, there's the sewing critters out of Germany. They make what's known as like a body pod. So it's almost like two, two suits in one. And it's like the squishy fabric that you can put into the fur, um, I guess, the fursuit actual portion of it. And you can remove this sort of body pod and machine wash it. And it's super easy to take care of. So it's almost like they build two suits in one suit. You know, there's just different methods. Other makers will do things like build... Uh, pillows um with with either stuff with yeah. polyfill or just literal pillows and things yeah, like that like my suit of fletcher my horse is made like that so it just like um like a dgt grade uh, fursuit but it's got uh, the feet and the head attached to the the body and you put the pillow inside to make the the mm. shape of the the plush okay yeah that's interesting so my my plush suit is is a fuzz factory suit it's kind of like a combination so it's got the pockets um that are sewn that i can add or remove polyfill to as much as i want so i've got pockets on the belly on the butt on the legs but then the arms are more of like the pillow so i actually put my arms in so those go in on top of the arms and then my arms go underneath um, and down into the hands. And it's an all one big one piece suit as well. So it's interesting. Um, I hadn't heard the one um, for the ones in Germany where it's like a two piece kind of thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, sewing. so the thing with sewing critters is they've been around for a really, really long time. They don't do... Uh, public commissions that much. So you don't see a lot of new suits from them. But um, yeah, they have a very uh, unique method, I would say, of making a plush suit. And uh, yeah, um, my first plush suit is a suit by them. And the first plush suit I ever got to wear was a suit by them. So I had an idea of what I was getting into. And yeah, like the whole body pod style, it's really cool because you get that sort of encasement feeling that you would get with the polyfill pockets, but it's a lot more compact and it's really, really easy to maintain, like much lower maintenance. So it's, it's super interesting. Like it'd be, it'd be cool if other makers did more of that process. But as f I know that there's definitely some other makers that have dabbled in it, but um, sewing critters are the only ones off the top of my head that like, that is the way they do it. 
Okay. okay. It's fascinating to me. This is like, is the difference between like just making clothes versus like a feat of engineering? Like to me, it's not just, oh, can we make it look cute? But structurally, how do we build this? And, and, and there's a lot more to it than yeah. just... Yeah, you it. need to, to think about all the aspects of that. How to make it then. Right, because you have to take it and and you have to add so much more than just... Yeah, and you need to, to think about the, the aftercare of the suit. Because I can make one, like, just stuff it and sew together and that is done, but... If the people want to wash it, you can wash it a uh, 25 pound uh, of fur and uh, polyfill in your uh, washing machine. So you need to think about all that aspect too. Yeah. yeah. Cleaning yeah. the polyfill suits is a real fun, fun yeah. game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely a more involved process. Let's ask a bit more about that, actually, because so I'm a person who has just a regular fursuit. I, I fursuit, but I don't have a plush suit. So I am curious about some of the differences between the a traditional fursuit and a plush suit. So, you know, try to explain the experience to me who has some experience of fursuiting. But what makes it different in terms of extra gear you have to buy or maintenance of it or... Uh, you know, even the if you try the fursuits that wasn't a plush fursuit, what's like the difference in the mindsets of being in one? Yeah. Help me to understand it as a as a regular fursuiter. For a for be considered as a plush suit, he, the the most first thing you think about it's the end. You have useless end. Yeah, just bappers. You can do nothing with it. And it, you have different kind of fursuit, uh, plush suit after that. You have some, you have attached uh, body parts and other one you can separate it, depend of what people want. Not mine, the head is removable, but a lot of people ask me to put a zipper to just be a just uh, one piece uh, suit. So you can remove the head, but the the feet and the paws is part of the bodysuit. Um, I guess I would say proportionally, a plush suit would be a lot bigger yeah. than a standard fursuit. Um, not just you know the size of the body, but the head to a degree too. Yeah. And another factor that you have to take into account is that a plush suit is going to be a lot warmer than a standard fursuit because yeah i know like i'm like cooking like, my fursuit uh, yeah exactly so. like a standard plantigrade fursuit you're like you're running around i'm like oh i'm burning up but like with a plush suit you got to think about it's like so you have the plantigrade fursuit right now imagine having um just a polyfill pocket completely surrounding you and sort of pressing in on you on all sides and then also sort of trapping in that heat so it's definitely, I would say, in a degree of difficulty, I would say fursuiting in a plush suit is sort of like expert mode is, um, is sort of the only way I could um, really sort of sum it up in that kind of term. Like you are going to want a handler and most of the time you're going to need somebody to go get you into a plush suit because like as Fred said, you're going to have useless hands um, and to take you out of a plush suit. So it's a, it's a multi-person experience versus like, most planet grade suits where you can just sort of throw it on, run around and, you know, be silly. 
also you have to take into account the weight of a plush suit. Like, you know, that padding adds a lot. So it's usually a lot more difficult to move around in a plush suit. That's why you see a lot of plush suiters just sort of wad a little bit and then just sort of flop onto the <laughs> ground because it, it, it takes a lot of physical effort just to move a lot of the time in a plush yeah. suit. And then it's great because you flop and then people come over to you and they're like, oh, plushy, and then they hug you. And so then you stay there and then a, then a circle forms and so on and so forth. You don't have to do very much. Right? Hey, it, yeah. it's just not acting like that. It's probably just because it need to be make a pose and just stay in place and hug people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that's um so my my plush suit. So Puck is I I kind of stuck in, stuck him on a scale one day. I mean, it's just a regular bathroom scale, so it wasn't like he was all on there. Um, but I think just the suit himself with all of the the polyfill was like 15 pounds. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. I was going to yeah. say Vapper's um, Bapper's the suit that uh, Sideways ended up making for me. Um, she takes about between 15 to 20 pounds of polyfill on yeah. her own just to stuff it. And that's not even including the weight of the suit around that. Like, that's just how much polyfill it takes to fill out that suit so it looks good. So, yeah, no, they are very, very heavy. So if you want to talk about gear, you want to look into, you know, I know a lot of fursuiters wear Under Armour when it comes to fursuiting. Um, I've found that when it comes to plush suits, dive skins are really, really good. They're, They're a little bit better with regulating heat. And then, honestly, even looking into a Zentai that covers up your entire body. It'll help sort of ease you into a plush suit and trap slash wick a lot more of the sweat. If you're prone to overheating, cooling vests can be really helpful. Fans can be really, really helpful. Um, one of my friends, uh, Wykand, who's sort of like one of the godfathers of plush suiting in the fandom, always likes to say, it's just like, as long as you have a blower fan pointed at a plush suitor, you're pretty much okay. So... <laughs> And yeah. I, at MFF, I found a little cheat too. I wear a camelback under my suit. Oh. I guess you can fit it too because yeah, it's, it's... yeah, because <laughs> nobody oh. notice it. But I have a camelback on on my back and the straw in the head of the suit, and I drink water when I walk and see people, and nobody you can notice it because yeah. the suit is so big you can put all you want in it and nobody know. All right. I got to try that at BLFC. That is genius. (laughs) Now that you mentioned you've got all that suit for storage. I mean, you could have a little toaster in there. You can prepare a meal in there. You can. Yeah. You know, just live in the plush. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the funny part, it's my, uh, my friend, uh, Paradise at uh, Ken France, the last uh, convention at uh, Canada we have. He bring his suit all the time with his head attached to the body on his shoulder. So you think it just bring a like a hangover suitor on his uh, shoulder? <laughs> it just walk with the hangover first suit on his uh, shoulder, and all the people is like, "It is okay, yeah, it's okay. It's just <laughs> empty now. <laughs> yeah, it's now just I'm... sleeping. Yeah." <laughs> 
now I'm remembering uh, when I came over to your place, Fred, and how y'all surprised me when you showed me uh, Bappers as a finished product. Like yeah. What you, what you stuffed in her because uh, she was all done up on the bed. <laughs> so, so Fred, this, just to give you an idea of just like sideways personality and everything like that. So I show up. They have Bappers laid out on the sort of guest bed. You know, I'm very emotional because this is a character that I didn't even expect to exist as a suit. And, um, you know, I'm looking at it and sideways is like, um, you should undo the head because the head is zipped on and I do it. And they had managed to stuff a sex doll. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Inside the suit. And uh, yeah, uh, it it, it was pretty funny. It's just like we we get it out eventually. And I was just like, I can't believe you did that. But also, I love you for doing that. So thank you. Hey, Sparky Dave. That's fantastic. Part of the house. Yeah. <laughs> Party Dave. Love it. That's fantastic. So yeah, I mean plush suits are a are a totally different animal. Um I wanna maybe backtrack a little bit, but so plush plush personas, is there a different thought process that goes into making a plush character, or is it more of just a well, I just want to make a plush character? I think, yeah, because my G-Shep, Daigo, is technically a, a plush persona because I don't consider it like a persona. I consider it like a costume for my persona sideways, my main yeah. persona. So it's sideways where Daigo. Yeah. So it's your persona wearing a fursuit kind of. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's the same for me with um, with Bappers, the teddy bear that um, Sideways made for me. Like the whole, it's even on the tag. It's like, it's like if Reese is in a plush or has been forced inside a plush as she's prone to getting into uh, danger and things like that. Um, you know, Bappers is sort of like the official plush that she is stuck in. You know, and then um, Gui Lin, this other, uh, my pan dog by the sewing critters is a similar story. But there are other characters. Um, there's a, a Sona that I've been developing that um, doesn't exist as a suit yet, but that's more of the living plushy side mm. of things. And so you have, it's just sort of like the, it's just like designing a Sona for anything else. It's just, it's up to the person who made it, what they're looking for. Like I said, like, I love having Bappers as it is, like, people who are in the know, it's just like, oh, this is Princess Reese in their teddy bear, Um, you know, or they have been put in their teddy bear for X reason, whereas, you know, I might have another Sona that is an actual living sentient plush suit that's sort of like, you know, a Toy Story type situation. So it's, it's really, um, it's just, it just depends on the commissioner or the maker and their thought process behind it. So I'm curious, you met, I've heard you guys, again, this is me coming into this totally naive about plush suits. Uh, so you've mentioned tags, and I know that we have, we have kind of a joke about, you know, we're all putting on our tags and talking about plush suits. Is that a, is that a thing among uh, plush shooters, having like an actual tag on your, your suit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 Puck has a, um, has a butt tag with uh, the Fuzz Factory logo on it. Cause we just kind of kept it more like, uh, you know, you'd buy a toy with a tag on it, you know, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's the exact idea behind it. Yeah. So. yeah, it's, I, yeah I, I, I never noticed it before. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's made like, look, the more 
close possible to a toy so the tag it's part of that and like the one i made it, you have the the logo to all you ca take care of it too <laughs> all the all the maintenance <laughs> the care instructions oh that's adorable yeah the instructions they wrote for bappers has given myself and many people a laugh uh for sure but so yeah no it's it's a great little detail that really sells it yeah but as a the, plush the little detail a lot of people don't know it's the actual pictogram of the tag it's the real one you need to learn because yep. it's and wash it and no bleach oh, little and, symbols yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> yeah i put the the i i love putting uh like a little uh easter egg so it's the real pictogram it's the real one you need to learn uh, to uh follow <laughs> Yeah, it's the real it's the real laundry symbols that they yeah. put on them. Ex I, yeah, mm -hmm. I yeah. I search for the one in fit the most of a plush suit. So that's awesome. I love it. All right, so we let's see. So we're gonna, I guess, move to the more adult side if we want to call it that. <laughs> I, I'm super curious about this because again, as a person who who likes both fur suits and who likes um, plush animals just for the collecting part. This is so different for me, you know, the, 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 the sexual side of things just so outside of my own experience. So I'm really curious to hear about this from, from other folks' perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So the overall is plush and, and kink. I feel they have a lot of overlap. I mean, the big question, I guess, is do people who are into plushies or plushophiles, you know, do you fuck plushies? What is it that's appealing to do that? Or is it more on the side of, I want to be a plushie? It's more the objectification of it. For me, it's more the side of, I want to be the, the, just a uh, cute toy and be uh, unable to do nothing. But for the sexual thing, I can't talk about that because I'm not into that. So um, you have people that are into both aspects of it. I mean, I'm I'm a rather kinky individual. So um, I would say probably my whole interest in plush suits in, actually started way back when. Um, I don't know if um, y'all are familiar with the uh, Eddie Murphy movie Trading Places or not. I vaguely remember it. I don't right. think so. <laughs> All right. So there's a sequence in that film towards the end of the movie where all the main characters are on this train for um, around, it's around new year's time. And there's a big costume party celebrating the new year on the train. And there is a live gorilla live in quotation marks because it's just an actor in a really, really good suit. And um, one of, there's a character that's introduced during that sequence who is wearing, you know, a gorilla Halloween costume. So one of the antagonists in that film, you know, has the main is shows up is on the train. They're trying to get something from that guy. That's why they're all on the train together. And um, they end up getting the drop on the villain. And as sort of his comeuppance, uh, they end up stuffing the villain inside uh, the gorilla suit costume and caging them with the live gorilla who is horny <laughs> for the guy oh, no. in the costume. And like, they've taped his mouth. So like, 
and they've like gotten the suit stuck on him. So like he can't get out of the suit. People show up. He's making noises. He's trying to like get the suit off. They're just like, oh, you know, it's uh, yeah, the the the. I think the iconic line is because it's like the suit has like black fur. They're like, oh, the black one must be the female. Is the iconic <laughs> line for the scene? It's, uh, yeah. it's uh, future future former Senator Al Franken who says that line actually. Uh, yeah, so it's just like yeah, here's the United States Senator in this random horny movie scene from the '80s. But anyway, so that tangent aside, I saw that scene growing up, and that scene always made me feel sort of funny and curious about things, and so. I got really into, in a sort of sexual aspect, the idea of being like trapped in something goofy or silly and being unable to communicate about the situation, being unable to escape said situation. And through that, I end up discovering plush shoots. And it was sort of this natural extension of that for me. And so, cause it's just like, I love things all cute and adorable. And here are these suits that, you know, look like these really, really cute sort of, it would be, you know, if it was some like masculine, like tough dude, like stuffed in something like this cutesy teddy bear, it would be something mm-hmm. like somewhat humiliating or something like that. For me, I get um, a bit of a charge, I would say, of being trapped in something like that, you know, um, or something like that. Like one of the, uh, I believe one of the items on the tag for Bappers is like, keep princess gagged inside like it's literally on the suit instruction um when it comes to like princess being in the suit so um for me i guess that element of it it's like being an object being a toy for someone uh more dominant and uh being helpless in that regard and then when it comes to like actually being like a plushophile and like you know fucking stuffed animals and things like that i have yet to do it I see the appeal in it in a way it's sort of like, you know, having something like a sex doll, but it's built like, you know, a plush toy. And, you know, and I could see how someone who is a furry would be more into something like that versus like a rubber human sex doll. But um, like I said, I've yet to um, actually do it. So I can't speak from experience, but I do know people who are super into that and, um, I mean, if I were in a plush suit that had some sort of like pocket like that, so someone could sort of use that suit in that fashion, I would find that to be somewhat of a turn on. I would think that would be kind of cool and an interesting experience to like go through and part of that whole like sort of submissive deal. But like I said, I personally can't speak to it because I've yet to like actually do it, nor have I had much of an interest besides a passing one on that side of things. But I do know a lot of people that, you know, are into that and can speak to that and get a charge out of that. And like I said, for me, I think it's sort of the natural extension of sort of like, you know, you're using a toy, but, you know, it it resembles more of like a cute critter versus, you know, a rubber sex doll. Right, right. It's really interesting to me because uh, so I... I... I do a bunch of research, including studying things like uh, sexuality of furries and such. And I teach a psych of sex class. So we talk about kinks and, and fetishes. And what's interesting to me is that on the surface, a person looking at this would say, that's a weird thing to be attracted to. And yet all of the 
the components are there, individual components are there that make perfect sense within kink culture, right? So you talked about the idea of being sort of trapped or, or, or tied up or, or stuck in there, right? And that, that's bondage, right? Yeah. I remember back in time, Weichen told me the perfect term to uh, explain plush suit. It's being like a light bondage. It's very light bondage because you're stuck in it and you, do, you can do nothing with all the help of someone else. I, I wouldn't call it light bondage. <laughs> 15 it's, pounds of the bondage. It's very heavy bondage. <laughs> I, I, well, heavy, I would call it stealth bondage is the best way I could describe it. It's sort of like, it's like imagine being in something that on the, you know, the exterior of it, it's this cute, you know, fursuit, this cute plush suit or whatever. But, you know, so there's this appeal that it's like on the outside, it just looks like this oversized fursuit. And on the inside, you have somebody who's locked inside, has a gag in their mouth. They might be blindfolded. They might have like a shock collar. And I'm not saying that every plush suitor does this. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, there's certainly plush suitors that are absolutely into that. You know, I'm into that kind of thing. So I think it would be kind of fun to do things like that. But there is definitely an element of stealth to it that I think is a big draw as well. And it, well, in addition to that, so so one of the elements would be the bondage part of it, right? which again, that's its own kink. But there's also the kink uh, associated with the notion of embarrassment or humiliation, right? Absolutely. You, you mentioned yeah. that there's this, you know, so, so that there are people who are into that. We don't bat an eye at that. And yet when combined in this context, people go, that's weird. And it's, I guess it's strange to me how we would think that this is weird. And yet all of its component parts are things that are fairly normalized within the kink community, I would say. No, I would agree with that 100%. I've heard both ends of that where some are like, it's just the, I want to be objectified as the plush, as the toy. But then I, there is also the other side of the, well, it's really cute and I like it and I love it and I want to enjoy myself sexually with it like, you know, you'd say a, a normal sex toy. So it is definitely, again, it's that whole gambit of who you talk to depends on kind of your answer you're, you're going to get. So... If I could ask a question again, I don't want this to come off as off color. I'm on, you know, I'm approaching this as a person who literally doesn't know anything about this, so no offense intended whatsoever. Is there ever like a a, a concern or about, or do you ever encounter people who are concerned about the on the one hand, you know, for folks for whom this is a kinky thing? This, so there's that one side of it, and you can say, okay, well, if you're doing this in your home and you're you know doing kinky things, whatever. But is there, do you, do you find that there's a concern about crossing a line or anything when you take that out into public? So this happens as a fursuiter. This happens when people say, if you have a MERS suit, don't, don't wear it in public, right? Because you shouldn't be around the public with your MERS suit, right? Is there a similar sort of feeling or, or, or belief when it comes to, to plush suits or is there something different about it? I personally think it's kind of niche enough and small enough that I haven't I personally haven't encountered anything like that when it comes to a uh, plush suiting at a con or anything like that. And usually the thing with a plush suit is that it does such a good job of hiding kinky things going on. If kinky things are going on that people wouldn't suspect. And then the other thing with like a plush suit versus like a mer suit is that even if you're doing sexual things, you know, you're not going to be able to physically have access to somebody's parts essentially yeah. in a plush suit. <laughs> any sort of mess or anything like that would have to be be applied from the exterior 
versus the interior um, is the best way I could put it. I mean, I think it's the same sort of thing that you would say to people who are like, you shouldn't have a MER suit or you can't have things like that. It's just like washing machines exist. Laundry yeah. exists. There's a difference between, you know, being, you know, a cringe lord and going out there like in your stinky suit, <laughs> crusty, stinky, gross fursuit versus somebody who has a MER suit that has sex in their MER suit and then cleans it up because why wouldn't you? And, you know, is then out there amongst the public clean despite having used it for that purpose. I mean, I think you have some people that tend to like clutch their pearls and everything like that, but, you know, let people be adults. We're adults. I think the concern, and again, I'm just, I'm, I'm just sort of trying to play devil's advocate here. I think the concern might be something that, okay, so I know fursuits are magnets for children. Again, I've got a fursuit, you know, when, when you're out in public in a, in a fursuit, children run up and want to want to hug the fursuit. And I think that some people might be like, oh, uh, I don't know who's inside it. And if they're, if they're gratifying some sexual kink while my child is around them, there's something unwholesome about that. There's something, and I guess I'm just wondering that how, you know, do you ever have to deal with, with people being concerned about this or do you have to deal with, with any sort of parental concerns about this or are they sort of separate issues that you, you don't really encounter or. I mean, I would say it's the same sort of concerns that any fursuiter would face just with an irregular fursuit. My question to a lot of those people is, you know, you know, this is an adult space. Why are you bringing a child to this space And in that regard? And it's not our responsibility to be a role model for your children is the best way that I can sort of think about it. Um, obviously, I don't want to be acting. I'm saying I, but like I'm trying to be more. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be acting, you know, inappropriate in front of a child or exposing a child to something like that. At, by the same token, if you're bringing a child into a furry convention, I mean, what do you expect? What do you think you're going to find there? Like, unless it's the most aggressively PG con that exists and, you know, everything like that. I mean, there's adults are together in a space. Adults are going to be doing adult things. So you, so you wouldn't bring your, your, your plus shoot to like a, a, a general public walk through, through the uh, like parade or whatever you, you, you probably stick it, keep it more to like a furry convention or a place where, you know, you'll be around other adults. Well, I mean, yes and no. Cause I mean, if I wanted to wear it for some sort of like charitable function or something where I'm going out amongst like Norway, something like that, it would be in a capacity of just wearing a costume be sort of tapping into my old sort of mascot background. Like I wouldn't be crossing that space. So the mindset would be totally different when you're in the suit of that, in that context. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that, that'll address what I think a lot of people are concerned about is yeah. that you're in different head spaces in different contexts. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like, like if I'm at a furry con with a bunch of crazy weirdos like me, I'm going to be in my crazy weirdo space. You know? <laughs> if I'm out amongst the general public, I'm going to be acting differently. Yeah, and that's definitely, I feel like that's kind of fursuiting across the board, not just plush suits. As I know, even me personally and my and Sammy, which who's just a regular digi suit, even between wearing him out in public or wearing him at a con, it's even then just a different mindset because it's just how it is kind of thing to what's expected. So yeah. when it's like when I wore a fursuit, outside like a public uh, park or something like that i'm there for 
uh, the joy of the people is there, so you act differently. But when I'm like a furcon, I'm there for myself. I wear the suit for myself, so I'm thinking about myself. With that, we are going to take our last break, um, and then we will come back in just a little bit for our final thoughts and then our end of episode thing. So we'll be back in just a few. And we're back. We're nearing the end of the episode. I have two questions for you. Well, I guess three. One is, what is your favorite plush that you currently own? Two, what is one that you really want? And then, this is kind of an overall question, but where could somebody go who wants get into like more of the plush scene are there like group chats or something like that someone could go to meet like-minded people i guess my favorite plush would be um i'm basic would be uh my blahaj from ikea i love that shark uh those that classic it's always fun so gotta love the gotta give the blahaj some love and uh, I remember there was the rumor that they were going to discontinue them earlier this year. And everybody was like, no! Yeah, but yeah, that, everyone lost it. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully that turned out to be uh, not the case. I just looked it up. Oh my God, they're adorable. <laughs> they are adorable. Yeah. yeah, no, it's all about that Blahaj, baby. Um, yeah. Yeah, or if I'm even saying it right, because I don't know Swedish. You're saying right. My friend got five of them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in terms of one I want to own, I don't have one of those giant Costco teddy bears. I've been around them. I've hugged them. They're amazing. Uh, I would love to have one of those. Although if you want to talk about like super quality, I know that Plush Life makes these huge plushies that are super high quality. They're really expensive, but you're getting what you're paying for. Yes, I want one so bad. Yeah, that would be... uh, that would be pretty incredible. And then uh, I guess if people are wanting to get more into uh, plushies and things like that, it just, uh, there's plenty of Telegram groups out there. If you use that platform, I'm sure there's uh, Discord ones or things like that. And it just sort of, I would say, just look for a group that more, that's sort of aligned with your interests. You know, there's with your interests, there's general safe for work ones. Like I know there's a telegram chat called uh, plush club that I believe is an uh, open chat. And uh, usually it's just people showing off their plush collections in there and things like that. There's some more specialized ones. Like there's um, P.L.U.S.H, which stands for, um, I'm guessing PL is plush lovers. Uh, sort of, uh, it stands for, People living under soft hosts. Totally wrong. <laughs> so it's sort of like uh, a cross between sort of like trapped in suit slash in a way sort of plush of war because there's also that whole, you know, there's a crossover in 
with Vor and with a lot of plush and things like that. That's another Telegram chat that I could think of. You're getting some Five Nights at Freddy's vibes from that. Yeah, that, well, that's sort of the idea. There are other groups uh, along those lines. So if you're into like trappable suits or things like that, there's a lot of crossover with the plush space. It just, like I said, it depends on what you're looking for. What about you sideways? Do you have specific plush you love or oh, or one you want? Totally. My favorite one, I'm going to say it's my Corgi, I sleep with it, or my uh, Twerking Llama. <laughs> a twerking llama? Twerking llama? Yeah, it's a little llama plush, but you have a mechanism when you hit his uh, back, you touch his back, it's, it's starting twerking, so he just dance his ass in front oh, of you. God. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's my what favorite. What has science one. done? <laughs> I love it. I, I love technology for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the one I really wanted because I'm kind of person. I just like, oh, I want it. I get it. I don't capable thinking about one I really want. Uh, how about you, Sammy? Oh, jeez. Um, Put you on the spot. I think my favorite that I own. Oh, that's kind of a hard one. So I've got so you're a... your favorite child. I know. I've got a really giant one i wouldn't say as big as like the costco bear but he's still pretty big i actually spent many months at dave and buster's winning tickets for him <laughs> but he's a big white polar bear and his name is john luke bear card <laughs> so and then i've got my corgi plushes that i have up on the shelf that are also a favorite of mine uh, same with, with Reese. I would love to have one of those giant plush life plushes. But again, yeah, they're they're expensive. But they might eventually have one where I'm just going to have to pull the trigger. We'll see. If they ever did a Corgi, I'd be all over that without oh. a question. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> no, that giant Corgi, sign me up. Yeah, the, yeah, no. exactly. There's You can never have anything better. What about, what about you, Nuka? Uh, my favorite one is actually, uh, so again, I collect my little pony plushies, and one of them is my favorite pony, Vinyl Scratch. She's custom made, and what's really near and dear to my heart, not only is that she my favorite pony, and she's custom made and amazing, like just fantastic Thunder Show style, but also she was commissioned for me by, uh, I was part of the Bronies Club in my, uh, where I went for grad school. So I was there for five years, I was part of this Bronies Club, we spent years together, and then when I had to move, it was like breaking my heart, and as a going away present, they all pitched in together and got this commission of this amazing plushie so she is hands down my favorite plushie and in terms of what i want when i was at BronyCon a few years ago someone was going around with a twilight sparkle plushie that was so big they had to carry her around on their back like the goddamn stone of atlas i want that i, w I want a twilight sparkle that i have live in fear that it will smother me and i will die underneath her yeah that would be awesome i think <laughs> just, just to have it for the spectacle of it so uh, I think with that, we're jumping into uh, housekeeping, right? Yes, I believe so. So you want to get us going on that? Yeah, let's talk about some, some house creeping. <laughs> so first of all, uh, thank you very much to our lovely guests for being on the show today. It's, it's always fantastic to, to have a, a panel of folks on here. So we really appreciate it. Do you guys want to give a shout out to your, uh, you know, any websites or any, anything that uh, you want to sort of share with the folks, Twitter handles or anything like that? 
Sure. I mean, if y'all want to see uh, some of my escapades on Twitter, if you look up at Pine Reese on Twitter, you can see all the sorts of princess escapades I get up to. I share a lot of art there, just various uh, activities. It does range on the um, on the adult side. There's lots of bondage and then plush things on there. So keep that in mind. Yeah, if you want to check out my Twitter, there's a lot of things there. Yeah, and you can check if you want, follow me on Twitter at uh, at plush underscore harmy for more plush thing and maybe commission later and i want to say a huge thank you to bamut and wolfbird for all the help he gave me from the beginning and helped me to push me where i'm here now thank you so much I'm going to put Sideways on the spot and give a very heartfelt and personal thank you to Sideways for making something that I didn't think was going to exist uh, in the physical realm a reality and not only, you know, constructing the suit and character, but making it with love and just being my friend and bringing me into this space. So thank you Uh, again. Thank you. Ah, Thank you too. And I just want to uh, say a, Big thank you to Nuko and you, Sammy, to give me the opportunity to participate at your podcast today. Oh, you're very welcome. We're so glad you guys joined us. Yes. Big thanks to you, too. Have you commented on the site yet? It's time to be reminded in housekeeping. So uh, if you like the show, uh, definitely check us out at forwhatitsworth.com. You can check out the, the website there. I will never stop emphasizing the, the middle of that. Uh, we have a Twitter, at for what it's worth. Check us out there. Facebook, we have a Facebook page. I don't know how active we are on it. We just revived it. So it right. was it was dead for a couple years, but I, I kind of kicked everybody in the butt and was like, let's get this going it's, again. It's so working again. The Facebook page is there and active. We have a Telegram channel if you're interested in getting in on that. Uh, you do have to be over 18 for that. But you can message Rue at WineRedFox uh, to get yourself added to the Telegram chat. If you want to email us, you've heard that we had some lovely emails on the uh, channel tonight. So if you want to add your email to it, email us uh, either at cast at forwhatitsworth.com or each of us individually has their own Nuka at for what it's worth, Sammy at for what it's worth, Rubik for what it's worth. So you can contact us there. We have a speak pipe. If you are very lazy and don't want to type or if you have a lovely voice and you would let, like to share it with us, for example, helping us with some of those helpful idents uh we would really appreciate those you can send them to speakpipe.com slash f-w-i-w we don't have an advertising budget we uh spread word of the show through friends telling friends about the show so please don't be shy about sharing this episode with folks if you uh like what you hear and want to uh help us grow our audience a bit uh next episode next episode we are going to be talking about the furry documentary um i'm sure most of us have already seen it if not all of us have already seen it it's going to be uh fire breath is going to be manning that episode and we will be having ash on to talk about their process for doing that so i'm actually really excited about that it's going to be phenomenal yeah yeah so if anyone has any questions they want to have 
answered by Ash Coyote about the documentary, probably about the process going into it. Get those emails in, get the speak pipes in, get the messages in, and, and we'll get those pushed on to her. It's a huge opportunity, yeah. Yeah. So do we have anything else? I think that's all no, of it. I think that's it. I think we covered everything. I guess this is the end of another episode. So we want to thank everybody again for listening. And we want to thank our guests for being here. This has been Sammy. I'm Nuka. I'm Sideways. I'm Princess Reese. And this has and been. And this has been. This has been. For what it's worth.